You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler, our last show before the end of the year. And it's a great one. Uh, Shortly, we'll have on uh, our uh, good friend, Duncan Stewart from Deloitte, talking about the 2021 tech predictions, everything from 8K TVs to uh, the future of sports and technology. And we'll be talking about smart vending machines. And this is pretty cool. Wouldn't it be great to have a vending machine in your office that has daily fresh food, like good stuff, good healthy sandwiches, rice bowls, and you can check the menu from your smartphone? Well, we'll uh, be talking to one company here in Canada that's making that uh, happen. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the uh, the deals happening here during uh, Boxing Week uh, in a moment, John. But there's this news item that I had to talk about that just popped up. KFC, you're familiar with their chicken. They're coming out with a KFC console or the KF console. So this is a high-end video game console capable of virtual reality that also has a built-in chicken warmer. It's funny. It kind of looks like an air fryer that I just bought. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish my air fryer had video game capabilities because <laughs> that would make it amazing. This thing is insane, John. Like how, why would you build a a warmer, like a chicken warmer into a, a computer? Like already computers, you're trying to get them not to run hot. And this has got a high-end, it's got an Intel NUC computer system in it. So it's like a high-end computer. It's got high-end NVIDIA graphics you know, capabilities inside it as well. And you can warm your chicken. What more could you need? Uh, a beer tap, maybe? <laughs> I think so. You think this is in response to Bud Light? They, they came out with a, a video game console as well. Well, I, I think they teased this a little while ago. And I, I think the response was so positive. Someone at KFC said, we got to make this happen. And, uh, and they did. Um, you know, they built a, a gaming PC and they, they put in a little chicken tray. So... Well, we'll uh, we'll be keeping our, our eyes open for this. Let's talk about some of the Boxing Day deals. And I think when I think Boxing Day deals, John, a lot of times it's around TVs, isn't it? It sure seems to be this year and even last year. I, I mean, I was the benefactor of a of a smoke and deal last Black Friday yeah. uh, of a TV, and you got one on this Black Friday. Um, uh, although I, I won't say for who because they might be listening. Uh, yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's some there's some insane deals right now. Uh, and the, the nice thing is, is that, you know, thanks to the pandemic, Boxing Day has now become Boxing Week, uh, if not month. Um, so these deals are uh, plentiful and they're everywhere. Uh, so I'm glad I waited until this week to purchase a few things. So one of the ones that struck, uh, struck me was uh, from TCL. They're one of the biggest TV sellers out there right now. And they have, I believe, a 55-inch 4K TV, a Series 4. And it's got Android TV built in from Google. So it's a smart TV. And it's on sale, like a 55-inch TV, John, from a, a, a good TV manufacturer, three ninety nine. How can you yeah, beat that? We, you can't. We have a few of these in the office. Yes. And they're fantastic. Um, I, I'm actually always surprised at how good they look because um, we you know we we tend to shoot things with them and around them so we're always putting different things on them and uh you know weird lighting and stuff like that and these are like so cheap now they're basically free <laughs> yeah so th- again 399 this is a best buy uh, a tcl series 4 4k tv 55 inch 399 uh what are some of the other ones that you saw john 
Well, uh, I saw at Walmart, they have a 58-inch RCA, which, you know, <laughs> that's not the... That's the one I bought at Black Friday from Shoppers Drug Mart for three ninety nine. Yeah, it's two ninety eight. Oh, come on! At Walmart, yes. Oh my God. Maybe you can price match. I don't know, um, but yeah, no. It, 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 there's really no excuse to to not have a giant TV right now yeah. unless you don't have space. Um, but I even have friends that have had projector systems that they've actually replaced with these some of these big screen panels because they're just so cheap. And some of these cost the same price as the bulb in their projector used to cost. So yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. And, and you know, and a lot of these projectors, unless you're at the really high end, they're not 4K. These TVs are so. Uh, you can watch your glorious Mandalorian in 4K. Uh, Best Buy uh, TCL also has, if 55 is not big enough for you, they've got a 75-inch TV. It's on sale for $16.99. Do you remember when they had 75-inch TVs and they were like $30,000? Yeah, <laughs> I do. And we were wondering, how do you even get these into your house? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like they are, they are huge. Like we, I think we have one in our, in our office right now, sitting in our lunchroom because we had to make space for it somewhere. It's that sharp one. Yes. And yeah. I'm just thinking, and it's getting a little long in the tooth. Right. And I'm just thinking, where am I going to put this and how am I going to get it out of here? Well, even when I got my 55 inch, I was like, is this even going to fit in my car? <laughs> and and I remember when Graham said he was going to get the TVs for the office a while ago when we moved to the new space. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll get them. And I'm like, you have a mini. How are you going to get them anywhere? <laughs> but he did. He did. Uh, so if you need a 75-inch TV, Best Buy's got them on for sixteen ninety nine. Uh, another one that caught my eye, and again, uh, from Best Buy, they've, uh, they've got the Samsung Galaxy Bud Live. These are little earbuds that like fit right snugly in your ear uh i've had a chance to use them they're usually about 250 and they're a 100 bucks off for boxing day so they're on for 149 so if you've been looking for those earbuds that kind of just fit right in your ear uh these things are pretty amazing and super comfortable and and they fit snugly and and very nicely so again uh, coming in at uh, one 49 okay we are gonna have to take a break when we come back the tech predictions for 2021 there's some crazy stuff stay tuned you are back with get connected mike and john here well always my favorite time of the year we uh bring our good friend uh duncan stewart on from deloitte he's got his tech predictions for i guess 2021 thanks for joining us duncan uh it, it, th thanks for having me and happy prediction season <laughs> Is 2021 going to be better? Because <laughs> 2020 was a dumpster fire. Could, could, could we set the bar slightly higher than that? Yes, I will make a bold prediction. 2021 will be better. So there we go. That one's out there and in the book. I don't think you predicted the dumpster fire last year, though. No, no. No. So Nobody could. <laughs> okay. Uh, so just before we get into some of these predictions, we're going to talk about uh, what you see for cloud computing and 8K TV sets, 5G. Um, why, why does Deloitte come out with these every year? Uh, nothing better to do. No, no. Um, it's, a, it's a really important thing. Originally, we started doing this to advise our tech media telecom clients. Here's the big trends in your industry. 
But what we've seen in the last, especially 10 years, is that every industry cares what's coming next in tech. Uh, every bank cares, every re- you know, retailing, I don't care what happens online. Uh, well, the ones who haven't gone bankrupt care an awful lot. And so what we, what we now do is we do this every year, not so much for the tech media telecom industry, but for everybody else. Let's jump into it. Uh, let's start with cloud computing. I know it doesn't sound sexy, but you can make it sexy, right? I can try. Okay. What are you, what are you seeing for 2021? Um, take a thing. Now yeah. turn it upside down. So back in 2019, roughly 60% of all enterprise compute tasks were done on-prem, on the premises, uh, with just over 40% done in the cloud. By 2021, that flips to 65 cloud, 35 on-prem. Uh, this is, to quote CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella, we have seen two years of progress in two months as a result of the pandemic. Everybody's going to the cloud. People trust the cloud. They're moving fast than ever. Uh, it's an astonishing, I never would have thought I would have seen something like this in my life. So for the listeners out there, I mean, they're, they're always hearing cloud, cloud, cloud. So what is up in the cloud for, for business then? Uh, so do you see this webinar right now? Yeah. Uh, that, that's cloud. Uh, this happens to be one called Zoom. There are lots of others out there. But the idea being that uh, I don't need uh, special uh, hardware. I don't need special software. All of the cool filters and the processing and the thing that switches cameras, depending on who is talking, all of that amazing stuff is now done by computers that are, in this case, uh, for me at least, uh, thousands of kilometers away. I can store a recording of this in the cloud and send it to people. I don't need to put a copy on my desktop and send them a very large file. I can just uh, send a link. Uh, so it's storage, it's processing, it's artificial intelligence, it's connectivity. Uh, all of that is done in the cloud. Uh, the reason that's so good is that you can move fast, you can uh, innovate rapidly, uh, it lowers the cost, and it's the sort of thing that allows you to roll something out across a firm the size of Deloitte, hundreds of thousands of employees, literally in a, in a week or to uh, rather than having to send uh, people with dedicated hardware and equipment uh, around to uh, thousands of offices worldwide. I guess to load all the programs and, and things. So I have a question here uh, for you, Duncan. You said that all the processing is done in the cloud. Obviously, those are powerful computers up there. Will this affect hardware manufacturers on the on on the local side, you know, that are making the laptops and computers that we use in our homes and in our businesses, they don't need to be as powerful anymore, do they? Uh, at the at the at the. <clears throat> At the extreme margins, you're right, except that the weird thing, of course, about the pandemic is that all of those people who wandered around saying, I don't really need a laptop anymore, I can do my entire job on my smartphone, um, have changed their minds since trying to work 12 (laughs) hours a day from their home office. Ain't nobody in the world working 12 hours a day from a smartphone uh, for for their job. (laughs) So at the same time that we have seen this boom in cloud, which is very real, we're also seeing uh, probably the best year for computers since... Oh, I think it's at least since 2011, maybe even 2010. So uh, they're not suffering. Uh, One of the interesting things from the pandemic is that we are seeing an acceleration in all kinds of technology. Uh, So uh, don't don't weep for the uh, PC manufacturers. They're doing fine. Let's move over to VR and AR, virtual reality, augmented reality, you know, the headsets that uh, put us in a whole different uh, world and take us uh, out of the grim one we're we're living in uh now uh we keep talking about this uh are we getting any further to more adoption of this type of technology 
yes and no. So the no I'm going to start off with is the consumer. Um, we have seen watching of, of, of video on demand like Netflix just explode as a result of the pandemic. We've seen gaming up. There are multiple te- cloud we talked about. We've seen multiple technologies just explode as a result of COVID-19. But VR, consumer VR, there's been almost no change. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, the major firm that forecasts sales of consumer VR and AR headsets uh, pre- uh, cut their, their prediction uh, growth rate, their annual growth rate by more than half. This should have been VR's moment and it wasn't. And that's bad at the consumer level. But where we are seeing it is in the enterprise and in education. If you can't teach a bunch of kids to weld in a real classroom as a result of the pandemic, do it virtually. It's safer, it's faster, and it's not as good, but it wasn't bad. So we saw significant acceleration of uh, schools and companies training their employees using virtual reality headsets. We're pretty Predicting the use of VR and AR and mixed reality by enterprises and schools will more than double between 2019 and 2021. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Can schools afford this, though? I mean, these things aren't cheap. They're not that bad. The price used to be super high. It's come down a lot. Uh, you don't. One of the nice things is you don't need a, a pair of goggles per person per year. It's not like a smartphone or a computer. Instead, think of it as a shared device. We know that from the enterprise. A uh, Walmart was able to train one million not a typo, 1 million employees using only 17,000 headsets. The point being, not everybody used a headset at the same time. You know, they each took their turn. It's more like an office printer or a projector. It's a shared device. Okay, we're talking with uh, Duncan Stewart uh, from Deloitte all about the 2021 predictions, and there are a lot. Let's talk about video doctor visits, which seem to be a big thing now. wasn't before. Uh, it was starting to percolate. Uh, I liked the idea, but I never really did it. But everyone's doing it now. Yeah, it was a really huge and growing thing, aside from the fact that uh, uh, patients didn't like it, doctors didn't like it, insurers wouldn't pay for it, and governments wouldn't allow it for privacy reasons. Not counting that, it was an enormous growth industry. Uh, we saw a whole bunch of changes all at once. Patients realized that if you can't see your doctor in person, you still got to see them. They were willing to try video. Doctors hate video, except you got to see patients somehow. And then at the government side, at the regulator and the insurance side, they both changed their mind. We saw a massive surge. So I've got like a data point here from uh, Wexler Health Institute in Columbus, Ohio. A famous, uh, it's like a Mayo Clinic, but in Ohio kind of idea. Anyway, Wexler published some data in the four weeks ending April 26th of 2020. 90% of their visits were telehealth. And of all visits, 70% were video. That was up from, let me check the numbers, 0% the year before. So so if you want to kind of get your hands around how big was the growth, those are those are the numbers from, from one center. Is it going to stay at 70%? No, of course not. We're still going to go back to our doctors for a lot of the time. But our point is not that it goes, uh, it stays at 70% or seven. It's that it doesn't drop back to zero. Think of it as maybe one in 20 or about 5% of medical visits going forward could be done by video and will. That's going to dramatically change that whole industry. 
Well, it's only 5%. So it's it's really one of those things where if you got to go see a doctor about something that can't be done over the phone, uh, that you're still going to do. Where I think it gets interesting is it removes that friction point, that, that one where you really don't know if you need to go to the doctor for sure. They don't need to see you in person. Uh, imagine not having to get into a car and sit in a waiting room filled with 45 sneezing people for a half hour. I think it's one of those things that makes our life better. I'm not sure it transforms the industry. What it probably does transform is the industry for home health care monitoring. I want to know what your blood oxygen is. I want to know if you've got atrial fibrillation. I want to know your blood sugar levels. We see a large 30, 35 billion dollar a year market in gear that we can we can use at home to monitor our health that we use in conjunction with video. There you go. Look at those. You know, uh, was that a, was that an Apple Watch? Yes. We have no money left, but yes. Yes, but the FDA, you've heard of the FDA. The FDA has approved the Apple Watch as a device for monitoring people who have been diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. That is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. Uh, It's not just going to be the Apple Watch. There's lots of other devices out there, but that's a good example. Yeah, I I like it and I don't like it. Uh, Apparently, I'm not very healthy. But at least I I know now. We're talking with Duncan Stewart uh, from Deloitte about 2021 predictions. We're going to have to take a break, but when we come back, we'll have him on the line still. We're going to talk about the hyper-quantification of sports, things like measuring puck and slap shot speeds, 8K TV, and 5G health risks. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here talking about 2021 predictions. Uh, We've got a good friend, Duncan Stewart from Deloitte. They do this every year, and we always love having them on the show uh, and They've uh, got some good insights. Let's uh, talk hyper-quantification of sports, Duncan. Uh, And you've used examples of measuring puck and slap shot speeds, head impacts. Is this going to be a thing? So it, this is pro sports. This is not yet going to trickle down to the average hockey player or average kid. At first, these things take time, right? But I, I want to make a couple of points. The first one is, you know, technology in, in measuring sports is not new. Uh, uh, whether it was a stopwatch or the radar gun uh, measuring that fastball, we've been quantifying sports for a while, but it's now getting super, super precise. It's about monitoring athletes 24 by 7, not just looking at how fast they're running on a field, but how how is their breathing? How's their sleeping? What's, what are their what are their blood levels? That kind of stuff. Now, there's a few things that you pull out of this. One is hopefully your athletes do better. But the other one is the worst thing that can happen if you've just signed somebody to a $20 million deal is for them to get injured. Think about the hyper quantification of sports at predicting or detecting early signs of injury and saving your star players. As a Canadian and as a Canadian parent, one of the things that jumps out at me is that helmet stuff. Uh, we worry. We worry about our kids kids and pro teams worry about their athletes and concussion. If they had accelerometers inside helmets, they'd be much, you know, you know that old phrase, wow, he really had his bell rung on that hit. How hard was that bell rung really? And being able to have hard scientific real-time evidence on that, that's going to be a big step forward for prolonging the careers of many athletes and making many parents feel better about their kids playing contact games like hockey. Could that go down to a more darker level, a darker level, like monitoring their behavior as well, like how much they're drinking and are they hanging out at bars because you're, you know, geo tracking them? 
there are a number of complicated issues around privacy. Uh, yes, in other words, yes, uh, it could be. Uh, if you've got a big game tomorrow, you pro- you already are told by your coach there's a curfew and you got to be back by a certain time. Uh, athletes are going to be nervous about having electronic spies on that. We're trying to focus on the happier side of the prediction, though. <laughs> uh, let's talk 8K TV sets. I think people are just getting used to 4K uh, of course, the consumer electronic industry, especially the, the TV manufacturers, are just always looking for a new reason for us to upgrade. Do you think 8K, 8K TVs are going to be anything anytime soon? So the answer to that is yes. So can, can I step back and ask a different question? I'm going to pretend I'm you. Okay. Duncan. Does anybody in the world really need an 8K TV? No, no, nobody <laughs> needs one. Don't, I, I don't, didn't. Don't. I didn't need a 4K TV, but I have. I have three now. My exact point is nobody in the world needed a 4K TV either. To be honest, whether it's 4K or 8K, you really can't see much of a difference unless you actually press your nose up against the glass. In the real world, people don't really need an 8K or for that matter, 4K, but 4K TVs will be more than half of all TVs sold in this year. People are going to buy 8K, not because they need one, but because of a bunch of different reasons. One, they think they're future-proofing. Hey, if I've got an 8K, I don't need to worry about it whenever 8K rolls along. Number two, it's something you can brag about. Number three, it sounds better. 8K, twice as good as 4K. But you know what the single biggest reason is? If you want a really high-end set with all kinds of the smart features and the voice recognition and the the high contrast it's got 8k bundled inside now it's going to be small this year only about half a percent of all tv sets but that's 3.3 billion dollars worth of 8k tv sets this year and we predict that five to six to seven years from now half of all sets being sold will be 8k this is the start of something big i can't afford more tvs okay let's let's move on to 5g it's it's here we're seeing it rolled out in the major cities uh in canada around the world uh it's for smartphone technology it's for all sorts of connectivity that we're still exploring but there's been a lot of i guess craziness around it you know as far as the information um health risks we see all this kind of stuff on on facebook people want it banned because it's going to cause cancer or all sorts of other crazy things uh what health risks are we looking at with 5g absolutely none I mean, there you go. You want the prediction in short? Absolutely not. (laughs) 5G uses less power than 4G. If 4G didn't make you sick or give you coronavirus or whatever else, and it didn't, then 5G isn't going to either. 5G base stations use less power than 4G. 5G handsets use less power than 4G. 5G base stations shut off when they're not in use, meaning you're exposed to less power. 5G uses a thing called beam forming, so the radio waves are more focused and don't just spray everywhere. That's less radio energy. There's a whole bunch of reasons 5G will be safer than 4G. The reason we're making this prediction is uh, it varies by country, but between 10 and 33% of people in the developed world are afraid of 5G. The reason we're making this prediction is we've really got to have a information campaign about why 5G isn't bad for you and why it's actually safer than 4G. Why does this persist then, this false information? It's unclear. Um, there are cert- It's certainly surprising the percentage of posts about the dangers of 5G that come from 
other countries, specifically certain other countries. Uh, this may be part of the same sort of uh, disinformation campaign that is uh, basically trying to weaken our societies. The same people who are worried about 5G are talking about things like vaccines and stuff like that. Um, it appears to be a deliberate, perhaps, campaign uh, to hit us where we're weakest. You heard her from Duncan Stewart predicting that no one will find any health risks from 5G in 2021. Nothing proven. And as you said, there's even less power being used with these uh, devices uh, as well. Duncan, where can people find out more information about these predictions? Uh, it's uh, DeloittePredictions.com. Uh, you just uh, look it up on the web. Uh, there's an entire report. Um, I was My editors were asleep this year, and I'm afraid we've written 122 pages, so only download it if you're serious about it this year. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, what's what's that old uh, quote? Um, I, I'm, I apologize for the length of these predictions. I didn't have time to make them shorter. Thank you, Duncan. It's always uh, a pleasure. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Well, as much as I love technology, I also love food, John. And I always look for easier ways to get food. <laughs> so uh, we've got a really cool segment coming up here. It's about smart vending machines. Uh, I think we're all familiar with vending machines. Get potato chips and chocolate bars and drinks out of them. Well, what if there was a smart vending machine that gave you healthy meals? On the line, uh, we've uh, got Drew Monroe. He is the co-founder and CEO of UpMeals, a uh, a cool company that has got a smart vending machine that provides just that, healthy meals. Thanks for joining us, Drew. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So describe this vending machine. What does it look like? So it, it looks like a regular vending machine with the exception of it has a, a beautiful 49-inch 4K interface that's on the front of it. Uh, it's also a refrigerated machine that's specifically designed to serve fresh, healthy food items. So you get a really rich, custom-branded experience uh, from the selection level, but you're also getting access to fresh, self, safe, and healthy products from the machine itself. So what kind of food do you have in it? So we, we create a, a broad line of products for our partners and we create really what is a, a full wellness solution. So that would include everything from salad bowls to entrees to entree bowls to wraps and sandwiches, healthy treats, cold pressed juices and other healthy snacks uh, to really help people uh, have healthier and more productive lives. Well, I find this interesting, but this would be to me a difficult business as well. Like not only have you got to work on this uh like the actual technology, uh, you know, with the smart screen and, and what have you, but you also got to make the food as well. Yeah, and what, what we're finding and with the platform that we were trying to build is where, where the technology helps support the success of the food operation, you know, so they're sort of working in, in harmony. So our backend software platform that we've developed uh, helps to, to intelligently track in real time uh, things like the current stock and inventory, um, the optimal freshness levels, um, the real time sales and interaction data. So we're able to really tightly manage um, our business and manage the success of our, our partners' uh, smart vending solutions to ensure that there's enough food in the machine for people that need it, but also that we're not you know, having, having wasted products or things that are not, uh, not selling. I got all kinds of questions here. So how many different food products can you have in this machine? 
Well, I mean, really, the, the sky's the limit. Our, our, our machines, on average, uh, depending on the products, they hold between, between 100 and 120 products at any given time at full capacity. Um, so, I mean, on average, I would say our solutions have between 12 and 20 different items inside of them at any given time. And do you mix that up or is it the same stuff all the time? Yeah, we, we absolutely understand that we're trying to build a platform that people want to access. They want to check out every day or every couple of days. So we, we rotate our menus. So we generally design a whole lineup of, of items that fit the needs and the goals of that organization or that brand. And we rotate the menus to keep things fresh. And we also use the data from the machine to figure out you know, what, the, what those employees or what those customers are, are responding to, what's doing really well, and how can we develop more items that are a better fit for, for the needs of that environment. One, one interesting aspect, I think, that I'm curious if it, this is even possible, or if it's not, here's an idea for you. Um, if I'm sitting at my desk and say I'm two floors away from the vending machine, is there like a web page or an app I can use to see what's in the machine today? As an yeah, that's, a, that's a great a great suggestion. That's actually a feature that we're developing. So this would be something where empl- let's use employees of an organization, for example, could access you know a secure web link that would bring up a, a web app, and they could actually see, uh, or sorry, a mobile app that would actually allow them to see what is in real time in stock in the machine. They could reserve an item for lunch, pay for it on their phone, and then walk down and scan a QR code at the machine whenever they want it. So this is a feature we're developing so so that we can really have. Uh, the best uh, user experience and not require somebody to be physically standing in front of the machine to interact with it and get a good experience. So I could steal the good sandwich from Mike then. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, oh, the last one left and you could just click and reserve it right before he goes and buys it. Absolutely. Damn, you could do that. Damn technology. Uh, so, so Drew, so how does this work with, you keep calling them partners. So if you were a company that wanted to put one of these machines in for their employees, what does that look like? Do they have to pay for the machine? Do they make money so from we, the machine or do you make the money? Yeah, so that, that, that's, that's a great question. So how, how it works, we have a bit of a unique approach to this. And the reason we call them partners is because really for, for our solutions to be successful, it requires you know a, a concerted effort from us to develop great healthy food, but also from that partner to help that solution be uh, adopted by their employees and be successful in, in, in that environment. Um, so generally how the solution works is that you know, we, we would install the technology. Um, so we would, uh, we would install the vending machine. There would be a monthly subscription fee um, to access the software. And then we would have a wholesale relationship with them for the actual food ingredients. And, and the really great flexible part about our model is our partners have the ability to choose their own uh, retail pricing. So in other words, the pricing that is displayed on the machine. So this gives them the power to decide to either offer these items at cost to potentially even subsidize the costs of them for their employees or to, uh, in a retail capacity, apply a markup and turn it into a revenue generating uh, piece of technology as well. So our, our system is really fluid and flexible in terms of how brands utilize it and how organizations use it to feed their customers or employees. How long do you think stay fresh in there? That, yeah, it's a great question. So on average, we, um, you know, every item is a little bit different, but for things like a fresh salad bowl or for a fresh entree, um, we would average between three and five days, depending on the item. Um, and our system, and for items like treats or, or other items, it might be anywhere from seven to 14 days. We also have a, a really great partnership with some new technology uh, called HPP, which is uh, high, pro- high pressure processing. So for example, uh, some of the custom cold pressed juice blends that we do are all organic, cold pressed, unpasteurized, but due to this great new technology, 
they last for up to 60 days in the machine with no loss in quality or nutritional value. So this is some really new, exciting technology in the food production sector that, that we're exploring to help uh, at, reduce waste and add value to our partners. So if, if you don't sell the food before it's not fresh anymore, what happens to it? So generally, there's a couple options that we present to our clients and, and our partners. And, and what we like to do is, is suggest our system can actually intelligently create a, a discount so that will automatically trigger on the machine. So for example, um, if, if an item is on its final day of optimal freshness, we can trigger a 10 or a 15 or, or whatever the parameter is, a discount that will go onto the machine to incentivize the sale of that item before it, it reaches past uh, its optimal freshness point. If it has passed its optimal freshness point, um, what we do is we have uh, partnerships with great local charities. So we partner here locally in Vancouver with the Vancouver Food Runners. So we have a, a program with them where those items can actually be donated in the same day to local charities in need. Um, so this is a really, really great way to for brands to partner with us and repurpose any food items that aren't sold uh, to people that need that need it. No, I, I love that aspect that you donate the, the food. Um, so who takes it out of the machine to make that happen? Is that... Uh you know the company the partner or do the food runner guys know how to do that so our yeah it's it's our our operations team in unison with them um we we handle everything and related to stocking and refreshing the machine uh and we also work with them on the donation aspect so really the goal for us when we install a solution for a partner is that this 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 is in there and we're handling everything all they need to worry about is is you know eating and enjoying the fresh food and helping their staff enjoy it and and, and uh, learn more about how they can access it. We're talking with Drew Monroe of Up Meals. Where can people find out more information about this? Uh, the best place is to visit our website at upmeals.ca. They can also visit our Instagram page at Upmeals if they want to see things like pictures of some of the food that's being sold in the machines and learn more about some of our partners. I have to hand it to you. You made vending machines uh, sexy and exciting again. That's what we're going for. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Drew. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. It's been a fantastic year. John, uh, you've been a great help as uh, my co-host, a uh, fantastic partner, and uh, great producer as well. Also, shout out to Christina that helps make this all happen, and the rest of the team uh, that helps uh, put this all together, including Stephen, Robin, Paul, AJ, and uh I'm probably forgetting people, but love you all. Uh, one more shout out to the contest, getconnectedmedia.com, giving away a holiday tech gift basket. It's got everything in it, an Ancestry DNA kit, Microsoft Surface earbuds, a Google Nest Mini, and an Oral-B Smart Toothbrush, an IO Series 7 to keep your teeth clean. And again, getconnectedmedia.com is the webpage. Don't forget to also check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to it so we can make more great how-to and review videos for you. Again, Get Connected TV, search that up on uh, Google YouTube and subscribe. That's all the time we have left. We'll see you again here on Get Connected in the new year.